from the host that brought you to Coding Westworld. And Westworld the Recapables. Comes the Ringer Prestige TV podcast on Westworld. I'm Joanna Robinson. I'm Danny Heifetz. And I'm David Shoemaker. Welcome to Westworld Season 4 and the Prestige TV podcast feed, where we're going to break down every episode of Westworld Season 4. Every Monday, the day after the show comes out on the Prestige TV podcast feed. Wherever you get your podcasts, but get them on Spotify. to Trial by Content, the podcast where we force our favorite pop culture to compete in the coliseum of contentious opinion so we can all decide what wins. Each week, your three humble hosts will debate a pop culture topic, set the specific rules, and rumble until a consensus is reached. Then, with input from you, the listener base, we'll smash together our nominations with yours and determine a final four-nominee poll that will decide the one true Trial by Content winner. Hello again, I'm Dave Gonzalez. I'm Joanna Robinson. And I am listener assist champion Neil Miller. Oh, come on, man. All right, hold on. (laughs) I mean, the pressure is high because people are dying. We're trapped in a horror movie amongst some of the worst decisions ever made by fictional people. We're going to break down decisions in horror movies that cause more harm than help and inspire more danger than solutions. Today, we decide what is the worst character decision in a horror movie. But first we must crown a summer movie season from the past as the best. Joanna, how did we do last week? Uh, we did, you know, we got a percentage of vote that added up to 100, and that's pretty good uh, at the end of the day. Uh, Dave, my pal, 1982, came in at the bottom, but we should note, he got 10.5% of the vote. We should note, uh, the Alamo Draft House is running the best of 1982 movies, so I feel like Dave Gonzalez is onto something. I mean, if the Alamo Drafthouse programmers are to be believed. So just just putting that out there. I don't feel bad for 1982. I feel bad only for listeners of this podcast. Uh, but, you know, <laughs> <laughs> that that's fine. Neil, Neil came a respectable second to last place, 20.5% of the vote, 1989. Just as important, we won the ringer.com poll. So I won one of the three polls. I think we I think there were three different winners for all three polls this week. That was really fascinating. Incredible stuff. Um, I came in a respectable second, 26.1% of the vote for 1997. But coming in first, all by themselves, because that's how this works. It was our listener with 42.9% of the vote for 2008. And we should have known not to go up against the Dark Knight and Iron Man. We should have learned this and by now. Mia. <laughs> not to mention Mamma Mia. Uh, we we did get a suggestion from a listener that we should ban the Dark Knight from any uh, any upcoming polls. Just just cross it off the list for the future. It's something we're taking under advisement. Uh, we've we've also come one brainstorm that we had was maybe a Hall of Fame to which the Dark Knight could retire forever but never come back in the polls <laughs> and never because... be seen again. I mean, all I <laughs> learned last week is pick a year with a Batman in it. Like I, I understand right. the Dark Knight won, but. It's like more than 10% difference just by having Batman in your I'm year. sorry, do you really think that Batman and Robin helped my year? Is that what you're saying? I don't, uh, I mean, obviously I thought I should win in the first place, but all I'm saying is what I could tell about these years is they all have Batman movies except for mine. Okay. Um, so thank you, George Clooney, for helping me win <laughs> second place. Joel uh, Schumacher finally wins one with Batman <laughs> and Robin. This week we were talking about 
terrible decisions in horror movies. There are many of them. Uh, in honor of, of course, Jordan Peele's new film, uh, Nope. Which, fun fact, I have not seen yet, but Dave and Neil have, so Dave and Neil are going to talk about it. So, uh, I don't know, on a scale from 1 to 10, Neil, how bad are the decisions in Nope? Ooh, well, and it's interesting because there are bad decisions. I would say at least like a level 7 bad decision. Um, obviously, I think that the tone you get from the title, Nope, means that some people are also going to make good decisions. So I think one of the fun debates we could have eventually once everybody gets a chance to see Nope is like who gets the best Nope moment where they make a decision to not do something that's going to get them uh, killed in some way, in some horrible way. Um, so yeah, there's definitely some dumb decisions, but I think Nope is a movie that is interested in why people make the dumb decision anyway, right? Especially um, in our current media-obsessed spectacle loving culture. And I feel like that's uh, that's one way to, you know, explore not just the bad decisions that lead people to grisly deaths in horror movies, but a lot of time spent with why they might do that. You know, what are the economic or cultural reasons they may uh make <laughs> some terrible decisions, but uh yeah, so bad decisions in Nope, but you know, a lot of good filmmaking decisions in Nope in my book. A lot of great visual stuff, amazing sound design. I'm into it. I think it's, you know, Jordan Peele three for three in my book. So it was a, a yep from you. On it's no. a hard yep. All caps uh, yep from me. I've heard, Dave Gonzalez, that you and Logan Paul are both a nope on this movie. <laughs> I don't know if I'm a nope. I was more of a meh that got amplified by Logan Paul to, uh, don't you, did you just have the same opinion as Logan Paul? Which, I, you know, not exactly. He had a whole thread. I had one tweet I feel like, uh, because I, I do agree with a lot of what Neil said, uh, I guess the question would be, for me, is the movie making good and bad decisions for the characters or the characters making good or bad decisions for the movie? Uh, it's uh, It sounds like it's splitting hairs, uh, but I don't really want to spoil why, because I think the best way to form an opinion on Nope is to see Nope without knowing much about Nope at all. Uh, so I'm going to yes and Neil on fantastic filmmaking decisions uh, using the setting. Uh, absolutely fantastic uh, performances and some sound design that's really going to make you, uh, I think, vibration style feel some stuff if you could uh, get a theater that's willing Ooh. to do that for yeah. you. I would say the the best way to see it is... It, a lot of it was shot in IMAX. I'd say, what, about 20, 30 minutes of it, which is a fairly significant amount. And uh, the IMAX sequences are extremely breathtaking, both from a visual standpoint and the way that Jordan Peele uses the entire frame, that massive IMAX frame, but also the, the sound design really comes out when you go to a theater that's cranking the dials up to 11. So, uh, yeah, that I would recommend seeing it in IMAX. And yeah, like Dave said, don't not knowing a ton about it is good because... I had, you know, seen all the trailers available and there were still immediate surprises within the first few minutes of the movies, things that I did had no idea was coming. So, it's great. I would also say 3 for 3. That's that's all I'm saying. Like I it's a it's a good movie. I like it. It's just my least favorite of the Jordan Peele movies uh for reasons. I would say it's it's for me it's slipped into a 1A 1B with Get Out, but I still love Us and that's probably only second because it's the one I haven't rewatched recently. Like I said, I'm seeing it in a couple of days. I'm really excited to find out if I uh, if I like it or if I agree with 
Dave Gonzalez and Logan Paul. We'll see. Yeah, just, there are other people. There are other people besides us. No, as too. far as I know, it's just you and Logan Paul. All right. Um, <laughs> the next question is: Would you survive in a horror movie? This is just a I don't know, just a thought experiment. Would the three of us survive in a horror movie? And if we were to make a grave error that would lead to our death in a horror movie, what would that error probably be? I don't know. It depends on what type of movie. There are some horror movies I think I'd be able to survive uh, because like with some supernatural exceptions, a slasher is a slasher. So it kind of depends on where and how contained you are. Uh, but I do think a lot about uh, potential apocalypse scenarios for real life. And in order to always do that, I substitute in the zombie apocalypse because that's a lot of things. That's invading forces. That's virology. That's just, you know, mobs. Uh, so I would definitely die there. And I think my greatest hope in a horror movie or in the actual apocalypse is to be the guy that's holding the door open to Hodor it, if you will. Uh, for the more important people in the plot, I would I would be a I would be a early to mid kill. I think. Well, it's interesting because I feel like I would survive better in like a zombie apocalypse, post apocalypse, like Dave's talking about. Like I feel like I could make myself useful. You know, I would be the the guy who's hanging out with the traveling theater troupe who has his stash of DVDs to show you the movies of the old. I've world. memorized heat. Do we still have electricity or are you reenacting these DVDs? Now? I mean, we get some batteries. Um, or, you know, okay. listen, if we got to reenact Star Wars like Christian Bale did in that uh-huh. one dragon movie, then we reenact mm-hmm. Star Wars. That's Rain of but Fire for anyone Rain that wants Fire. to watch yeah. it. Rain yeah. of Fire. Great movie. Um, but I think, you know, I think there are a lot of a lot of other horror movies that I would be ill-suited for. You know, uh, a slasher movie in the woods. I do not run well through the woods. I probably wouldn't even be invited out into the woods. That'd be my best <laughs> chance to survive, would be not being a cool kid. Um, I would also hate any of the ones that are dream-related. We're talking Freddy. I, did, mm. I, I love sleep. It's one of my peaceful places, mm. one of my safe spaces. So staying and awake I, is, a, is a no for you. I mean... Stay. I, that's the one I think I would kill the fastest because they'd be like, "Hey, you have to stay awake." And I'd be like, "No, I want to sleep," and I'd sleep and I'd die. So, <laughs> what, if, what if I said one, two, Freddy's coming for you? Would you still? Uh, I would sleep? try. Okay, but it would be it would be difficult. It would be difficult. I feel like Dave trying to figure out how Dave would die. I don't think it's holding the door for other people. I don't think that's how you go. <laughs> I mean, I think it's possible, especially in like a monster movie, that either Dave or myself would be the guy who gets killed for being a little too curious about what that noise is? No, not you, Neil, but yes, Dave. Yes, Dave. (laughs) It's more like I'd be the person that was like looking in a direction and something like right where the monster, the killer is supposed to be. And then someone's like, hey, Dave, you see anything? And as I turn around to go like, all clear, I just get axed in the back of the head. That does (laughs) kind of feel like me. Whereas for me, I'd probably be the guy who goes and hides in the closet only to discover that the monster is already in the closet. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think for me like it's definitely not it's definitely not investigating noises. It's definitely not splitting up from people. I actually think I get killed in one of those like really tragic horror movie things where it's not the monster that kills me, it's like the other survivors that kill me because like I get in a fight with someone over leadership, right? Like I think I know what we should do. And someone else thinks, and then they kill me, and they you, you lose the debate and become a human <laughs> yeah. sacrifice. Yeah. Oh, yeah, all right, yeah. Uh, <laughs> that's like that's in, dark. In the kind of horror movie where where you realize that the real 
like monster art. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, at least you get to last long enough to, you know, get killed off by the real monsters. Love that for me. Um, all right. Well, I mean, anything else you want to talk about vaguely in terms of bad, historically bad decisions in horror movies or anything like that? Oh, I think a lot of this is gonna is gonna come up as we we go along. I mean, unless we want to talk about is there a way we could talk about sexy rats? Because that really helped me last time. <laughs> Did it? <laughs> Did it help you get dead yeah. last? I'm dead leaning, last. In, I'm, I'm leaning into my brand. <laughs> yeah, you I'm, did I'm, whip, I'm whipping my sexy rat nice knights of Neil. You got a lot of votes. Uh, you got a lot of. You had a lot of. I, I saw a lot of like rebranding happening for you in real time online. <laughs> Around the phrase fuckable rat, which I believe I coined. Okay, wow. so Neil, uh, mm-hmm. what are the run to the rules this week on the podcast? Well, this one's an easy one. It is all in the name. Your choice for the worst character decision in a horror movie must be a decision that a character makes in a horror movie that uh, leads to something bad happening. Uh, what exactly that is, is up to you. Uh, we have a couple of awards and uh, a very fun list of pretrial dismissals. Some We're going to explore some horror tropes. But first, got to give away our category crown. And this one comes with a little clip. Uh, we are giving the category crown to Randy from Scream, uh, as played by Jamie Kennedy, for at least knowing some of the rules. And here's a little clip from Scream in which Randy gives us one extremely important rule. Let's hear it, Carlos. There are certain rules that one must abide by in order to successfully survive a horror movie. Never, ever, ever, under any circumstances, say, I'll be right back. Because you won't be back. I'm getting another beer. You want one? Yeah, sure. I'll be right back. Oh! Oh! See, you push the laws and you end up dead. Okay, I'll see you in the kitchen. Yeah, Randy's right. That that movie really made Jamie Kennedy a thing for like an entire decade off the it back really of did. that one speech, honestly. Yeah, that movie walked so that uh, Tremors 7 could run. <laughs> and like all of Cabin in the Woods could live off the back of of that yeah, exactly. speech from Randy. Um, Randy survives that first movie, by the way. Yeah, not the franchise, but at least that movie. So he's got. So that you know, him. knowing the rules is important. That's why Randy gets our crown this week. Our category clown. I could not think of one more on the nose than this. Our category clown is anyone who chooses to trust a clown in any horror movie. Uh, I'm talking specifically the kids from It and every character in Killer Clowns from Outer Space, a movie that deeply traumatized me as a child. Get those clowns out of here. That's the horror movie I would survive. The first time somebody even shows a clown who can move on its own, nope. I am fucking out of there. <laughs> so. I also like that we're like, we finally gathered up the courage to be like, uh, Georgie from It kind of deserved to die. <laughs> <laughs> that kid had it coming, man. I know you it's never... <laughs> the inciting incident, but come I'm, just, on. I'm not saying that he deserved it. I'm just saying his decision was not great. Yeah, Poor okay, decision but Dave, quality. Dave, say you're Georgie and you're in your little like yellow rain slicker and you're in the mm-hmm. streets. What if instead of a clown and we're like a highly fuckable rat peering out from you in front of the sewer? Would you First go of all, down? that's where that's where I expect to find like highly fuckable rats. It would yeah. be perfect. It wouldn't be like, why is there a circus clown in the sewer? So oh yes, yes. From context clues, yes. And then if it also has like a jewel and a cape, I'm I'm now I'm curious. And it's like Davy. And you go, you go. <laughs> All uh, right. Yeah, I'm sliding right into that rat's uh, sewer. That's oh my god! Wow, wow. It's the last time yeah. All right. Day. Well, I have bad news for you. There are there's no more rat talk in the pretrial <laughs> dismissals. God, dang it! Um, but I have a few, and I, honestly, these are a few examples of rules that I would add 
to Randy's list. He in the movie Scream gives us three, right? It's Don't Say I'll Be Right Back. What are his other two? Oh, don't have sex and don't like drink or do drugs. Yeah, no drugs, no sex. Don't don't do sins. I don't like I don't like that puritanical bullshit. That's why yeah. it's not in the the clip yeah. we used. Unless you know you're in a slasher movie, then, you know, rules. Uh, But here we go. Some pretrial dismissals. Uh, As always, this is a list of great contenders that will not be part of the debate to come. These come with their own rules. Uh, The first one is, don't let them turn us against each other. Uh, And the example of this is the government making all crime legal for one night in the purge. So, you know, don't don't let class warfare turn into horror. Uh, Never go back inside. This one personified by Liv Tyler's character in the 2007 film The Strangers, who successfully escapes a house full of scary murderers and then goes back in. Not great. Uh, 2002, a little movie called The Ring came along and taught us to not watch tapes that we are told are cursed. If someone tells you a tape is cursed, do not watch. Uh, I have one uh, from even further back, 1997's I Know What You Did Last Summer. The rule is just keep running. And this is for Sarah Michelle Gellar's character who escapes, then stops for a moment to make sure she has escaped and is immediately killed. <laughs> I watched this clip and I I can't explain what happens when she sees the end of the alleyway and there's a ton of people and she's almost there. And then she just stops for no good reason. <laughs> yep. Uh, my next one also from 1996 is Scream. This is Keep It Simple, Human Doors Only. Um, this is for Rose McGowan, whose character tries to escape through a dog door and is uh, violently, violently killed. Um, Vivisected. And then we got a, we got a couple of really big ones. One, never split up. And this goes to everyone making the decision to split up in the 1982 film The Thing. That was a that was bad bad a bad decision for those guys. Uh, we have be careful about where and when you have sex. And this is specifically for the camp counselors <laughs> who have sex instead of saving a young boy's life that kicks off the entire Friday the 13th franchise. They made like 10 of those things because those two counselors needed to have sex instead of saving that boy. And then finally, we have a twofer from the 1974 Texas Chainsaw Massacre, one of the great horror films of all time. Two rules from this one. Don't pick up sketchy hitchhikers on country roads. And if you see a spooky house out in the middle of nowhere, do not go into that house. That can only lead to bad things. So there you have it. Some rules through the years from 2013 all the way back to 1974 from horror movies and the terrible decisions people make in them. That is very true, and I'm sorry for uh, well-meaning hitchhikers. I'm sure someone's going to help you out. That's mean it's time for opening remarks from us, your host. Each host is going to have about one minute uh, to give an initial pitch for their choice, and then we also have a clip. The order is going to go and who got the most votes to who got the least amount of votes since there wasn't a winner amongst us, the hosts, again last week. Joanna is going to go first. All right, I'm here to talk to you uh, about the controversial sequel or installment in the Alien franchise, Prometheus. Um, But most of us here on the podcast, before you get all head up, most of us here on the podcast actually kind of like Prometheus. 2012 Prometheus, a lot of people hated it. We like a lot of it, okay? However, there's a sequence in which, um, like, the 
previously alien movies involved space truckers, space mercenaries. This crew has five scientists on it, and one of them, the biologist, played by Rafe Spall, Rafe Milburn is the name of the character, sees a penis-looking creature come up from the ground and says, oh, I should touch that. And even as the guy smoking weed next to him says, don't do that, man, he continues to go forward. And then it it hisses and it opens. And now it looks like a vagina and it is still hissing and darting at him. And he still decides to touch it. And this is what that sounds like. Carlos, please play this clip. Be calm about it. You need to stay calm because she is beautiful. She's mesmerized. Come here. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. Oh, you're strong. Maybe you should help me now, okay? Get it off, man, okay? Oh, God, you're making it worse. Oh, it's tightening. It's t- <laughs> that crack you heard at the end was his arm breaking, and it Ugh. just got gets worse from there. So uh, not one by two characters die because of that. Actually, many characters die because of that. So, And he's a scientist. He's a scientist. (laughs) Oh, man, that's a good one. All right. Well, I guess that means it's time for me to tell you about my pick, which is Mayor Larry Vaughn from Amity in the first great summer blockbuster, first movie to ever make over $100 million at the box office, Steven Spielberg's Jaws. Uh, And it is Larry Vaughn's decision to not close the beach. And it's not just a single decision. It is a concerted effort with multiple steps. In his quest to choose the town's economy over public safety, he threatens his own police chief. He convinces a doctor to change the report about the first girl who is attacked. He gets the local press to bury the story. He reopens the beach after 24 hours. He rejects the knowledge of the expert and accuses him of fame-seeking. And then he shows up to the beach on July 4th and directly encourages people to go into the water where a giant shark awaits. And friends, to make matters worse, this same character comes back in the sequel, Jaws 2, and does the exact same thing. So here is a clip of Richard Dreyfuss and Roy Scheider's characters trying to convince Mayor Larry Vaughn to close the beach on July 4th weekend. Carlos, let's hear it. What we are dealing with here is a perfect engine, uh, an eating machine. It's really a miracle of evolution. All this machine does is swim and eat and make little sharks. And that's all. Now, why don't you take a long, close look at this sign? Those proportions are correct. Love to prove that, wouldn't you? Get your name into the National Geographic. Larry, Larry, if we make an effort today, we might be able to save August. August? For Christ's sake, tomorrow's the 4th of July, and we will be open for business. It's going to be one of the best summers we've ever had. Now, if you fellas are concerned about the beaches, you do whatever you have to to make them safe. But those beaches will be open for this weekend. Those beaches will be open for this weekend, and all those shark deaths will be on Larry Vaughn. All but one <laughs> death in the movie, directly credited to this one mayor who just can't keep his city safe. I tell you. Well, there's always going to be mitigating circumstance when it comes to why, if we assume horror movie characters are real people, that bad decisions are made. And my pick is a movie filled with bad decisions from both characters and the filmmakers, because it's Saw (laughs) 2. Maybe you didn't see Saw 2 and the clip we're about to play isn't going to teach you much, except that a woman needs help and the Saw 2 sound mix needs to chill out. So let me lay it out for you. 
Strangers are trapped in what appears to be a booby-trapped house that is leaking poisonous gas that will kill them in three hours. Their only hope, they're told through a microcassette tape, is to free antidotes from death traps hidden throughout the house. Like all early Saw games, there is a way to beat most of the traps, but the characters are too stressed and drugged to recognize the clues they are given. Which brings me to Addison, played by Emmanuel Vaugier, who enters a room with a glass box hanging from the ceiling and a very obvious key lock that unlocks the top of the box. Maybe she missed it because she's drugged, but that doesn't excuse her ripping open the envelope with the clue, discarding the clue, then immediately sticking one of her hands into the box, and wouldn't you know it, there are razor blades on the opening, meaning her hand is stuck in there. Before she fully notices, though, she pulls on the syringe for the antidote and pulls the syringe completely apart, spilling the antidote in the box, making it useless. Then, instead of using her spare hand to free her trapped hand, she makes the dumbest decision in horror movie history. She puts her other hand in the second razor hole, trapping her to bleed to death. Let's hear how that sounds. Settle down, Saw. <laughs> Dave this week was like, I'm not sure we should do clips because it'll just be people screaming. Um, here's here's something I just learned. I never want to have to listen to a Saw movie. Sure. <laughs> I've actually never seen a Saw movie, and now I know I never, I can't even listen to one. It's too it awful. Really, it, that clip reminded me of the, uh, there was an article I saw this week about subtitles coming back into fashion with, with the oh, youths. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, specifically the wet squelching subtitles from Stranger, Stranger Things. Things. A lot of squelching in that Flesh descending Eldritch squelching. <laughs> <laughs> Eldritch thrumming. Here's my question. In terms of people, we expect to make dumb decisions. I feel like I expect local government to make dumb decisions. And I, mean, I expect... At this point, yeah. Rando... I don't know that girl in Saw movie, but Rando Girl in a horror movie... Possibly. I expect her. Was she a scientist, Dave? Was uh, she, she was a, not a scientist. Was she a no. phlebotomist? <laughs> no, she's just a, a normal person who uh, is trapped in a sawhouse. That actually made me yell out loud in the theater when I saw Prometheus was the fact that he is a biologist. And right before he does this, right before he defies, like, forget that we're on an alien planet because people in Alien are forever sticking their heads in eggs that they shouldn't be sticking their heads in, right? Like, that's what people in the alien franchise do. But usually they're not scientists, and usually they're not constantly talking about how they're a scientist. And this guy, right before he does this, when he notices that his pal is huffing weed through his respirator, he says, on behalf of scientists everywhere, I am ashamed to count you among us, really. And then he does this. And again, forget that it's an alien that looks like a penis, then looks like a vagina. Pretend it's just a snake, because that's what it's acting like. If a snake were hissing and, like, striking, would you continue to sidle towards it and hold your hand out to it? You would not. Yet this guy did. I don't did. think I would do that with any animal. Like, no. if I found a, if there was a dog on the street if there were and it a came worm. up to me and started growling, <laughs> I would be like, I'm going to take a couple steps back here. It's a No. <laughs> This is one of the most aggravating thing that ever happens. And then the and then his guy, his pal gets 
turn into a mutated monster. And that whole sequence is terrible. There's a lot to love in Prometheus, but my God. Here's, I, I can't not, I can't argue against that, but here's how I could argue that maybe mine's worse. Uh, I don't think either of your people like know they're in a horror movie or a horror movie like situation. Razorbox is not even the first puzzle kill in this Saw uh, movie. So they already are supposed to be on like high alert. They're playing for their life. They like know the stakes. It's not maybe there's a dangerous animal out there, which your two I could roughly group together. It is, I am in a horror movie. And I have to solve puzzles. It's like going to an escape room and just breaking things rather than trying to solve like the puzzles. I, I think that's what makes it uh, slightly less smart uh, than your guys' decisions. If you were on an alien planet and there was weird black goo everywhere and like things that you had never seen before. And you were a scientist. And you were a, scientist, a <laughs> biologist. <laughs> Yeah, see, Prometheus is, that's the toughest one to argue against, because it, in, even in just the canon of the Alien franchise, it's the dumbest version of the thing that everybody does, um, that that, you know, franchise is very famous for. And, like, when it's the space truckers, right? When, like, okay, when the space truckers of the Nostromo and Alien encounter all this stuff, and they're not really sure what to do, and their one scientist on board is a homicidal android let's be honest like they don't have a lot guiding them they're just working class joes trying to get through the week <laughs> it's like a michael mann movie but this it is, is. <laughs> these are five scientists and like a bunch of mercenaries but five scientists and they keep making bad decisions terrible decisions mm -hmm. this is the worst though dave's is good dave's is good i don't know if a lot of people will, will remember Satu quite as much uh, because it's overshadowed by uh, the the one in Saw One where Carrie Elwes' character uh, could have gotten his cell phone with the saw, but instead decides to sh cut off his own leg or some shit. Yeah, yeah. He's like, I'm going to make a tourniquet out of my shirt, and like, it's right there, Carrie. I think Joanna's definitely. Uh, works within my rule of is it the worst version of that thing from the franchise? <laughs> Oh. Um, so yours isn't the worst one in my mind from the Saw franchise. Mine is the Prometheus of its own right in its in its own franchise. Like this one terrible decision by the mayor in Jaws, which he then repeats in the sequel, is the reason why we have like five, four Jaws movies. It's the broader like the thing is is like it's. I mean, we're not, I know we're not doing like quote unquote dumb move. We're saying worst, right? But like the mayor's move is so. It's it's almost like the most evil like decision in a franchise. You know what I mean? Like, and, and that's the thing is, I think it seems more evil because of the times that we live in, right? Like we've lived through this pandemic where like governments are like not doing the obvious thing that we should have been doing. And it's like you go back and watch Jaws now, and it's even more horrifying. Like there, Jaws is two movies, right? It's it's the 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 civic you know, issues caused by the mayor's decision. And then it's like three guys chasing down the great white uh, whale. But, you know, that first part, that decision by the mayor really is what, uh, you know, all of this, all but one of the deaths in Jaws. I think I clocked, there's like five or six of them. The only one that is not on the mayor is the one at the very beginning. I don't disagree. I would say like your decision has the most carnage associate. Well, hmm. A lot of people die in Prometheus, but like, sure. um, <laughs> a lot of people has, die eventually. 
in in those three. <laughs> so maybe yours has the most. Movies. But again, like it almost feels like the real monster, as we as we put out earlier, the real monsters are the humans, not the shark. And the the mayor is like actually like the villain of the movie. So the, it's not the real like monster. Is it's not the like mayor. a. It's not like a worst move that a victim makes to die, which is sort of I sure. felt like more what we were talking about. Do you know? Good old razor hole is still in the mix here, but I don't know about <laughs> razor box, Joanna. But you know, isn't I mean, yours are worst in the sense that if they didn't make those decisions, the, it would have been a completely different movie. So if the mayor of Jaws had shut down the beach right after the first girl died, there would be no rest of Jaws. There, they would just have. That's true. They would have skipped right to Jaws 3. <laughs> there would have been the part where they hired Quint and he still probably would have gotten eaten, but that wouldn't have been on him. So, What if the shark <laughs> is in a SeaWorld-like amusement park? How would it get in there by accident? It, it snuck in through a pipe. <laughs> Jaws 3. <laughs> it was also in 3D, though, so I can't hate it too much. It's, you know... I, I, I really still do think it is the biologist reaching for the penis monster. That being said... Uh, sorry, the the technical name of those creatures is the hammer peed. Um, oh, but, all right. Um, That's somehow not better. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Definitely worse. Um, but I have seen, I haven't seen the Saw movies, but I have seen Dave's scene from the Saw movies. And I will say the moment when she pulls the syringe up and the editor just like goops down into the box is like, one of the one of the most disappointing things I've ever seen. That she sticks her other hand up and like pulls the glued part off, and I'm like, that doesn't even doesn't even have the antidote. No, I'm. Uh, and then like, if you watch, here's a couple of things I learned trying to figure out why the razor box from Saw was too dumb. Uh, according to some cut scenes in the screenplay, uh, it was not actually her trap. It was uh, built for this guy named Gus who dies with a gunshot to the face earlier in the script. And so it was supposed to be sort of like this weird thing that she like accidentally did the trap that wasn't meant for her, uh, which again, doesn't make sense because we don't really know why any of them are there uh, at the very beginning when Gus dies. Um, So uh, her original trap was going to be because she was so pretty, she was going to have to put two hands in like waffle irons and then press her face against the third one to uh, like unlock an antidote. So it would like have to scar her face. So she would have, you know, faced a trap that meant something for her character instead because of editing slash how they filmed the movie slash trying to hide, uh, the big twist of saw two. Uh, instead this random character gets the razor box and is forced to be trapped in it. Uh, even though like she isn't told any sort of puzzle. And as I said in my description, and I want to keep hammering home, the antidote is ruined before she puts her second hand in the box. <laughs> and her ha- her first hand has been trapped and is being cut by razors, so she knows what the holes are. I really just can't think of a reason that you're like, the way to fix this is by... I, I was watching recently in a classic episode of The Simpsons uh, where Bart gets an ele- gets an elephant, and at one point Homer gets stuck in some tar, and he's like, "No, no, I think I can struggle my way out. First, I'll reach <laughs> in to grab my legs, and he puts both his hands in. He's like, then I'll pull my arms out with my face, and he just <laughs> submerges himself directly in the tar. That is razor box level logic to me. Can I can I describe the comedy errors that happens with the with the penis monster? Right? Yes. It launches at our biologist and wraps itself like a python around his arm. And then it squeezes and breaks his arm. And he's screaming for his pal, Fifield, to to cut it off him. 
So Fifield cuts it off him. And in doing so, as he cuts the head off, the acid blood, I guess, from this penis monster sprays on Fifield's helmet that he needs in order to breathe and or huff weed. And uh, and then Fifield falls in the black goo that mutates you into something else. So he shows up later as a mutated monster. Meanwhile, good old penis monster has regrown its head slides up into the, our biologist's space suit that is now broken because his bone of his broken arm has pierced through his suit. So the penis monster, newly, newly head formed, slithers his way up his arm into his helmet and then down into his mouth. And that's how he dies. And it's the worst thing you've ever seen, mostly because you're like, how are you this stupid? How were you picked as one of five elite scientists to join this crew on this mission, sir? Yeah, qu- questionable hiring practices at the Wayland yutani Corporation. <laughs> yeah, Guy Pierce, you have a lot to answer to. Did he also die because he wouldn't stop screaming? Because it's not easy to get inside a closed mouth. That's true. Maybe if he had just like s- suffered, s- no, then then it would have just strangled him. Come on, he was he was he was toast. Oh yeah, or maybe hammered it hammered it in the face to live up to its name. Once the penis monsters eat your helmet. It's, it's over. It's over for you, yeah, man. It's pretty over. It's pretty <laughs> over. I don't know. Maybe, maybe he just he needed to, you know, respect its agency as a predator and not look it in the eye, penis eye, the maybe, one eye. <laughs> maybe he just needed to not. <laughs> as soon as it came up out of the goop, that's when you say, "What do you say?" You say, "Nope." That's when you leave. <laughs> yeah, right. That's when you. That's when you say. And no. that's what that's what Fifield was trying to say. He's like, "Let's go," and he got a face full of acid blood for his troubles. So. I think that one of the big differences between my pick and Joanna's pick uh, versus Dave's pick is that in our picks there are characters around these characters telling them specifically, "Hey." Don't do this thing, right? Like in Jaws, you have Richard Dreyfuss' character being like, do not let people go back in the water. This is a giant shark. This is bad. And they do it anyway. And then in Prometheus, you literally have a a guy sitting next to him being like, hey, man, I wouldn't do that. Um, But with Saw, I don't know if this works for or against you, but there's doesn't seem to be anyone there to uh, help her out in any way, even though, as you said, they know by then that they are in, you know, uh, the terrifying version of an escape room. Well, I also might have glossed over it, but she does. There's from the box. There's an envelope with another yeah, mini clue. cassette recorder. That's going to be the clue. That's going to be like the key to your box is closer than you think, or something like that. We don't know. She she bypasses it, goes straight for razor hole. She rips she it open. She right. looks at the tape and she just throws it on the no! ground and sticks her hand up into the razor box. <laughs> so it's like maybe she could have had some more information about oh what she was supposed God. to be facing. Also, you know, I. I almost feel more sort of empathy for her because she is in a position where she's being set up directly by a deranged, you know, uh, psychopath clown. in in Jigsaw, a, a deranged ass say? clown. Yeah. Well, he's got um, like a little clown doll, but yeah. So it's yeah. like it's like you know, I think about the mayor and Jaws and the scientists in Prometheus doing that to themselves, despite good advice to the contrary. Whereas you know, your girl, she. She makes some mistakes, obviously. So a very quick succession of terrible choices that end with a very gruesome death. But she was also led there very specifically by uh, a guiding hand, another force. You know, the only thing leading the mayor in Jaws is capitalism, which we all know was the villain. So, If I have one arm up a razor hole and 
and things are happening, I can't tell you if I wouldn't panic and shove my other arm up the razor hole. I might do that. <laughs> but if I'm a mayor of a seaside town, I'm closing those beaches. And if I'm a biologist, I am backing <laughs> away from the hissing penis. You know what I mean? But like, I don't know. You could, you might panic in the moment and be like, surely I can fix this with my other hand. Do you know what I mean? I can't believe I'm defending Razorbox. It's a bad I mean, maybe, <laughs> maybe it's the, uh, it's the, the of these decisions, <laughs> I could see myself making the mayor's decision. I know. I right? could see you do that too. Because you're, first of all, you're elected to make these decisions. They're your decisions. So you have the implicit basis of the people behind you. And you're not a shark expert. What you're an expert is in being a mayor in the seaside town. And so in the capitalism is, you know, the ultimate bad guy, which I agree with you there. If you think of all like the cogs that fire people every day, that, uh, you know, don't make good public health decisions, that uh, spew chemicals into the environment, those are all similar decisions being made by similar people. And either they're all evil or they're just all under some like evil thrall. Uh, of capitalism. Okay. All right. So, so I could see myself if okay, I'm, in the, people if I'm Denver, in the position. People of Denver, please do not vote Dave for mayor. He does not have your best interest in art. <laughs> this is why Dave is not going to run for office because I would Sith holocron this immediately. I, I know you would. And I also think you would reach out for the penis monster because I think that's why you die by like investigating a weird sound in the woods. I definitely think that's how you die. If I'm a, if a, first of all, if I'm a biologist, a space biologist, and I've seen my first ever piece of space biology, yeah, I might touch it. Yeah, you know? That's like, that's the most exciting moment of my life, You right? know what's a real bummer for space biologist uh, Rafe Milburn? There is a cut scene from Prometheus, which involves him, like, discovering a worm for the first time and putting it in a box, and the worm's really nice. And so he might think like, oh, this is just a bigger worm. Well, false I mean, sense of security stupid, there. <laughs> but but it helps him look maybe slightly less stupid, but they cut that out of the movie. So it doesn't count. So he just looks stupid, honestly. Yeah. I was trying to think of which of these three I would least likely uh to be like to be victim of. It's gotta be uh the penis monster, number one. <laughs> Because if I'm anyone in Prometheus, I am Idris Elba chilling back at the ship, flirting with Charlize Theron, not caring about penis monsters. With your concertina. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And your mm, shaky American accent. I love that Exactly. Yes. Uh, I'm not going anywhere near space monsters. I want to go to space, but no monsters. Uh, The mayor and Jaws, I may have made this mistake in 1975, but I am sure as shit not making it now. Uh, I would never do what the mayor did. Uh, But I will say this. I don't think there's any way you get me... Uh, to stick my hand in a box full of razors, uh, definitely not twice. So, <laughs> I mean, because one. I because I love puzzles and mysteries, I'm definitely like opening the clue and listening to the clue first. Like, sure, yeah, I want to know what's in the mystery box. <laughs> yeah, and I don't want to find out by shoving my hand up some razors. <laughs> and also, it's like a clear box, and there's like we already know there's a baseball bat with. Like nails sticking out of it from another. Oh, you could just puzzle. break the razor. Box? Break oh. I would at least try that. I mean, I did say you don't go into an escape room and start breaking things, so that might be kind of cross messages here. But yeah, I just, I the best thing I could say about mine is that mine only kills one person. Like it's a stupid decision, but it was your stupid decision. You're gonna pay for it. Uh, you guys, like the mayor, mayor's fine. 
<laughs> Still, I think. Yeah, I mean, like I said, he comes back in the sequel, makes the same mistake. It really in in Jaws, it isn't until um his the day that his kids are on the beach, right? July 4th, when he shows up and gets everybody to go in the water, that he begins to even remotely take it serious. And by taking it serious, he just they hire the guy to go kill it. So I don't know, man. It's a long lineage of uh blood from that guy's <laughs> one bad decision. How many things could I attach Bloody to Milburn? Water. As like, so do we think if Milburn doesn't touch the penis monster, the Prometheus's overall uh, experience with David and the black goo goes differently? Mm. No, because that's already happening. But I do, but like Milburn coming back as a mutation, that results in a lot of people dying because they like open the doors and try to flame him and he's hopping all over the place and all of that's happening. So no, the larger David scheme, I think still happens with, with or without Milburn. There's so. still going to be the genocide of an entire planet and, and the being <laughs> hidden in the next movie, just as you a know, little fun fact. Things happen when, when Michael <laughs> Fassbender does a, does a, a scheme. Should we uh, hear what our listeners have to say about this? Let's Rumped. narrow down some listener picks. So we have our three picks. We need a fourth for our poll. Uh, I you would really not like you guys to win, but we're going to still pick our favorites <laughs> and decide which one of those is going to go up against us. Uh, Neil, why don't you kick us off this week? Sure thing. Mine comes from our listener, Charlotte. She says, hello to our faithful podcast hosts. I wanted to toss in my submission for the worst movie move by a character in a horror movie, and it goes to David Drayton in The Mist that is Tom Jane's character. No, it's not that ending. It's well before that when he decides to visit the drugstore in the middle of a monster apocalypse. He does this after numerous people have already died and warnings and pleas for him not to go. What does he accomplish? He gets people killed and sends more traumatized survivors into the arms of the insane Mrs. Carmody. And we know how that ends. All David had to do was sit his ass in the potato chip aisle in the grocery store, eat some snacks, and wait for the rescue. Instead, his attempts to play hero ends with him. I'm going to redact the spoiler <laughs> from the it's end a, of the mist because it's, it's a good one movie, and you should see it. Yeah. Um, but David Drayton, as Charlotte concludes, stupidest horror movie protagonist ever. I have pulled a little clip from 2007's The Mist. This is David talking about this very easy plan they're about to execute. You, you think about going to the pharmacy next door? Iron Rappler says they've got Silverdane, you know, the stuff they use. Burn warts. She knows where they keep it. Oh, slow down. You can't actually be thinking of doing this. I'm also thinking beyond that. We have to get out of here. I mean, permanently. Why? to eat. Now what happens when one of those things decides to break through this window? I'm talking one of the big ones, like the one that killed Norm. Yeah, the, the flaming torch idea didn't work so well, did it? We almost burned the goddamn store down. So there you have it. And I mean, honestly, Tom Jane at a whisper with that gruff inflection, this is one where, where he would, I would follow him to the pharmacy, even though that's back out to where the monsters are in the mist. <laughs> <laughs> it hits. It really does. Mm-hmm. So there you have it. All right. I am picking a selection from our listener Chang. This is Army of Darkness. Um, this is a this is me, Joanna, talking, saying this is this is a stupid move that I 
spent all of my teen years quoting. Uh, Ash blowing off the wizard after only practicing the words a couple times, then predictably forgetting them when retrieving the Necronomicon, allowing the army of deadites to rise. Glatu, Barada, <laughs> All right. And that's it. Hail to the king, baby. All right. It's a short, sweet argument, but let's hear the clip. When thou retrievest the book from its cradle, you must recite the words, Klatu, Verata, Nictu. Klatu, Verata, Nictu. Okay. Again! I got it! I got it! I know your damn words, all right? Klatu, Verata, Nictu. Nictu. Nickel. Definitely an N-word. Klatu, Verata, I mean, that's, you know, another (laughs) franchise where it has some very specific rules for dumb decisions, right? Don't read from that stupid book. Don't open. I mean, but if you're going to open it, listen to the wizard and don't blow the wizard off. And if I and if you're and if someone tells you three words to say, you should you not like just repeat them to yourself under your breath until you get there, provided you don't have a writing implement. Yeah, also watch more sci-fi from the 1950s. That's from the day the Earth stood still. That was released well before Ash was born. It's true. It's true. And Ash is a cinephile, so what the hell? Mm -hmm. Yeah, Yeah. I'm disappointed. Well, I'm going to go with listener Joel, who writes, I'm certain recency biases at play here, but what immediately comes to mind as the dumbest mistake made in a horror movie is when the citizens of Haddonfield stop beating on Michael Myers at the end of Halloween Kills. Why would they ever stop hitting him? They form a mob that repeats over and over that evil dies tonight and they stop just because he's fallen over. Make sure that evil is dead. Halloween H2O that fool and make sure he's dead, dead, dead until the sequel retcons it, of course. I didn't want to pick another clip that had just beating noises. So (laughs) uh, instead, here is Anthony Michael Hall's Tommy Doyle whipping up that mob. Listen, folks, listen, folks, please. The boogeyman is at large. He's got no choice but to emerge. He is an apex predator. When he surfaces, there will be no pause. There will be no empathy. This ends when Michael is dead. Michael Myers will be executed tonight, and it will not go without witness. We need all of you. Evil dies tonight. Evil dies tonight. (laughs) <laughs> and then it turns into a chant. It's pretty. It's pretty hilarious. Wow, I love Anthony Michael Hall. Is how is Halloween uh, kills? Is that a good movie, Dave? What do you mean by good movie, Joanna? <laughs> it's a. It's a. It's a pretty good Halloween movie. Would Would I have a better time with Halloween Kills or what was it? Uh, Killer clowns from outer space. Yeah, you'd have a better time with Killer clowns from outer oh, space. Okay. I think. Oh no, no. <laughs> Do not watch Killer Clowns from Outer Space. That will deeply scar. I would be scarred as an adult watching that movie. I mean, uh, Halloween Kills is not going to scar you. Is it going to scare you? It might not also scare you. It's a, it's a, it's a slasher movie that has uh, a lot invested in killing more people uh, because a lot of times Halloween movies are kind of low on the body count. Yeah, and now you know that evil does not, in fact, die tonight. Evil is just. Uh, knocked out for a little while. <laughs> yeah. Um, this one's a tough one strategically because obviously recency bias really, really won last week. So I feel like that could happen with this Halloween one. But I also feel like we're going to get killed if we pick Army of Darkness. Like, that's another sort of big one. I've got a process question. Has there ever been a time? I mean, I guess 
what is it, one of the boys in Narnia, but has there ever been a time where you show up somewhere magical and you shouldn't listen to the wizard? I mean, there's some evil wizards out there. Yeah, but yeah, but are they right. the, like the first ones that you show? I mean, again, kid in Narnia meets the Ice Queen, gets marzipan, screws his entire uh, family. Turkish delight. Turkish Get delight, right. my bad. <laughs> Look, I've uh, I've been paying attention to the back lore of other fantasy universes recently. I'm sorry, I've sl- I've uh, C.S. Lewis off a little bit in it's, my in my it's mind. Okay, I forgive you. Um, I think of these three movies. Army of Darkness is the one I've seen the most, and Army of Darkness is a movie that I love. Of the three of these movies, The Mist is, I think, the best one. It's underrated, underrated, underrated one as movie. well. Frank yes. Darabont, great um, stuff, great movie, uh, and really, really good candidate for humans are the real monsters. Uh, is that movie? I don't know. I mean, like, I don't want. I don't really want to pick like what people are less li- like. I don't want to do an overt. No one's going to vote for this one, so let's sure. pick this one. I don't think Halloween Kills is going to do well. See, here's the thing about Halloween Kills. It's a great example of one of sort of the top slasher movie rules, which is always double check to make sure that you actually killed him. The double tap right. from Yeah, Zombie the double Man. tap yeah, rule, yeah. which works for zombies. But, you know, Jason, Freddy, Michael Myers, all these, even Ghostface. Do not go back and check if Ghost, if, or do not leave without knowing that Ghostface is dead. Um, so this one, I think, probably has the most artistic merit, I guess. Like, it fits uh, in with the other candidates. But you're right. I, I don't know if Halloween Kills has a huge following. Um, I get like, Halloween Kills is also, I think, the uh, movie itself is aware uh, that they should, probably should have killed him and not left him out on the street. Because how they get out of that scene is with a monologue from Jamie Lee Curtis, who's uh, still in the hospital, being like, you can't kill him. The more people he kills, the more he turns into something unkillable, like fear. And so the movie tries to, um, you know, like (laughs) simultaneously talk its way out of it. The movie is saying that the the worst decision is trying to kill the slasher, I guess. Right. Sure, 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 sure. It's a bad decision uh, if you're a person watching the horror movie, the movie tries to make it the only decision they could have made because they couldn't have killed him anyway. So the movie tries to undo it as being dumb. Yeah. Um, I have no problem with The Mist. I think The Mist is a great movie too. I think this is a good one. Leaving leaving the su- the supermarket in The Mist, if they, I mean, if they just would have waited like an hour, they, they would have been, that's one of the twists of The Mist that they would have been fine. And that's what makes... A lot of the decisions that David Drayden, as played by Thomas Jane in this movie, uh, makes in the third act, very questionable. Um, But I will also say, I mean, I am going to feel so bad if I lead the listeners to a a fourth straight win with my pick. (laughs) All right, well, (laughs) maybe we should go with me. Next week, (laughs) good old, good old bad luck charm, Joanna Robinson. Uh, I mean, Army of Darkness is classic. Klaatu Barata Nikto is. It's Necktie, nickel. It's forgetting classic. forgetting the magic phrase is a yeah, pretty forgetting uh, magic words. pretty big one. They gave the movie gave you the answer and you a couldn't whole execute. Zombie army <laughs> crops up because of this. A whole field of claymation skeletons and moldering corpses. Uh, you know, it's a lot. I mean, I'm I'm always delighted to vote for Bruce Campbell. If we want to vote for Ash, we could do that. What are you thinking, Dave? Is it Ash, Dave? I mean, it sounds like... I mean, I do really like The Mist, but 
it sounds like Ash, uh, because again, like not only is it not remembering the words, which is sort of like a prolonged mistake, but yeah, you just, you don't, I can't think of a time that would, would have been a good idea to blow off a wizard in any of these stories. Um, I'm sure if someone had blown off Saruman at some point, it would have been a good idea, right? Yeah, but Saruman's like pretty pointedly like not out there meeting the travelers, you know? I don't know. If someone's like, it's dangerous, take this, and is Legend of Zelda-ing me, I'm going to be like, yes, thank you for the sword. I'm sure things are dangerous out there. Uh, so I think it's, a, I think this was, Chang has accurately predicted that the sin here is blowing off the wizard. It's not forgetting the words. Blowing off the wizard was not in the Joseph Campbell uh, hero's <laughs> journey. It's not exactly. one of <laughs> You gotta, you gotta listen to that guy. <laughs> it's important, <laughs> or that person, that trope. Uh, so yeah, I think we're gonna pick uh, Ash blowing off the wizard from Army of Darkness. And if it seems like we picked something to lose, I assure you, we didn't. We have no idea. I thought 1999 was gonna be more formidable than 2008 last week. So we're just doing the best we can. <laughs> Let's take this moment and do some final statements where each one of your hosts will have about a minute to talk uninterrupted about their choice, starting with me. Listen, if we're just talking about the worst decision that's going to lead to the death of tourists and, uh, you know, a weird encounter with a mutated version of your pot-smoking scientist friend, then I would agree that my partners have very consequential decisions. But if we're talking about literally being in a horror movie puzzle room and just neglecting any of your goals, even let's get out alive, like the most basic goal, I believe uh, my character from Saw 2, whose name I forgot because that's how forgettable it is, uh, puts two hands in the razor box after the, the puzzle's already been lost. All right. I guess that means I go right here in the middle. And I would just like to say that Amity, as you know, means friendship. <laughs> <laughs> so my choice this week allows you an opportunity to vote for friendship. It allows you an opportunity to vote for probably the worst elected official in the history of cinema. Please vote for Mayor Larry Vaughn and his decision to not close the beaches and choose economy over public safety in the 1975 classic Jaws. That's a good debate for the future. We're selected official in cinema. Uh, (laughs) This is how Larry catches up to the Dark Knight. I have a long long list, though, and I I wouldn't count the the Dark Knight out. Um, All right. uh, Here's the deal. Politicians. I don't expect much much from them. Sure. Girls trapped in puzzle rooms. Don't expect much from them unless, you know, nope, they're a scientist. Uh, (laughs) And, uh, you know, a a, a supermarket employee who's been sent back in time uh, and is just trying to grapple with everything whilst only having one arm. I don't know that I expect a lot from Ash, but I do expect a lot from a space biologist. Uh, And it is not touching the hissing penis monster you had one job and it was that sir good day so your choices are the non-professionals of ashram army of darkness blowing out the wizard somebody from saw two putting both hands in a razor box and the professionals the mayor and jaws not closing the beach and milburn from prometheus touching a penis monster i'm sure the poll is going to read exactly that (laughs) 
But whatever the poll reads, go make sure to check it out. You can find our poll for the worst character decision in a horror movie on TheRinger.com, on @ringer, on Twitter, and in the Spotify app where you find Trial by Content. You choose the winner, and we will announce it next week where we'll be debating something else. Neil, what's on the docket for next week? Well, we got another exciting one, uh, mostly, hopefully, about good decisions that end up on screen. Next week's debate will, in honor of the release of a bunch of comic book adaptations very soon, uh, the best TV series adapted from a comic book. Your choice must be an existing television series that was adapted in any way, uh, tightly, loosely, whatever, from a previously existing comic book. So you can send your picks as always and a few sentences of support to trialbycontent at gmail.com. And as always, you can send us ideas for future debate topics, whatever it is that you'd like us to decide. That email address, again, trialbycontent at gmail.com. Clarifying question. Um, does this comic book show have to have superheroes in it? or just No, a this is like book? in honor of Paper Girls, mm-hmm. of Sandman, Sandman, some recency She-Hulk. coming up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You could have that, the, the some zombie brain-eating doctors, anything you want. Yeah, yeah. Could be, could be you're the last man on earth. You, just you and your monkey. You know, Aww. what are you going to do? <laughs> Great. Comic book TV. I'm, we I'm love it. Really excited to yell about this. So... Uh, until next week, I encourage you all to make very good decisions unless the rat in the sewer is really hot. <laughs> <coughs> this episode was produced by Carlos Cheriboga. <laughs> that last sip of water was a real mistake. <laughs> <laughs>